Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today we read from Genesis chapter 27. When Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son. And he answered, Here I am. He said, Behold, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now then take your weapons, your quiver and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me. And prepare for me delicious food such as I love, and bring it to me, so that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. Now, Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and bring it, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game and prepare for me delicious food, that I may eat it and bless you before Yahweh before I die. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two good young goats, so that I may prepare from them delicious food for your father such as he loves, and you shall bring it to your father to eat, so that he may bless you before he dies. But Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be mocking him, and bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. His mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice, and go, bring them to me. So he went, and took them, and brought them to his mother, and his mother prepared delicious food, such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her older son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son, And the skins of the young goats she put on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. And she put the delicious food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son, Jacob. So he went in to his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? He answered, Because Yahweh your God granted me success. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac his father, who felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. He said, Are you really my son Esau? He answered, I am. Then he said, Bring it near to me, that I may eat of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it near to him, and he ate. And he brought him wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and kissed him. And Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field that Yahweh has blessed. May God give you the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let peoples serve you and nations bow down to you. 
Be Lord over your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be everyone who blesses you. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac his father, Esau his brother came in from his hunting. He also prepared delicious food and brought it to his father, and he said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game, that you may bless me. His father Isaac said to him, Who are you? He answered, I am your son, your firstborn, Esau. Then Isaac trembled very violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? And I ate it all before you came, and I have blessed him. Yes, and he shall be blessed. As soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry, and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully, and he has taken away your blessing. Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has cheated me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. Then he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Isaac answered and said to Esau, Behold, I have made him lord over you, and all his brothers I have given to him for servants, and with grain and wine I have sustained him. What then can I do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Then Isaac his father answered and said to him, Behold, away from the fatness of the earth shall your dwelling be, and away from the dew of heaven on high. By your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. Now Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, The days of mourning for my father are approaching. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. But the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. So she sent and called Jacob her younger son and said to him, Behold, your brother Esau comforts himself about you by planning to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to Laban, my brother in Haran, and stay with him a while until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you and he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I be bereft of you both in one day? Then Rebekah said to Isaac, I loathe my life because of the Hittite women. If Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like these, one of the women of the land, what good will my life be to me? This is the word of the Lord. This has been a theme I've been trying to point out over the last many chapters. We often think of some of these stories, of some of these people like Jacob, like Rebekah, in such a positive light, and we think of Jacob even amongst the twins, Jacob and Esau. We think of Jacob as the good brother and Esau as the, the bad and rotten brother. But they're all a sinful mess. Who needs soap operas when you have stuff like this in Scripture? Just read God's Word. This is about as convoluted as you can be, right? Count the lies. As a family activity, as you read your way through this text, how many times does Jacob lie, both with his voice but also with his actions? And how many times does mom, how many times does Rebecca lie? See if you can track that. 
So here we go. Isaac was old, his eyes were dim, so he could not see. So he's going blind in his old age. He called Esau, his older son, and said to him, now, as he, he does this, he claims to Esau that he believes he's about to die. Isaac believes he's on his deathbed. His days are numbered. Ironically, Isaac's going to live at least 20 more years. Because at the end of the chapter, we're going to begin the account of Jacob being sent away. Jacob will live away from home in, her, in the land of Haran, in the house of his uncle Laban, He'll live there for 20 years, seven years for Leah, seven years for Rachel, six more years for all the, the livestock, and then he finally comes home, and Isaac's still alive. Isaac will live a total of 180 years. We don't know exactly how old he is at the time of this text, but He exaggerated, just like Esau, his son, exaggerated that he was about to die when he had that bad deal for some red stuff, and he lost his birthright. Also, it's worth noting here, Isaac, Isaac commands Esau to go and make him one last meal. It's essentially what he's asking for. He wants to taste his son's hunting game one more time before he dies, and after tasting it, he'll bless his son Esau. To pass on the family blessing does not require such an action. Isaac could have simply blessed Esau right then and right there if he had wanted to. But he, ta he attached a string to it and it ends up costing him. This might be, later on, why Jacob doesn't make any such request. He simply ends up blessing his sons. He gathers them to himself and speaks that blessing as we come near the end of the book. Chapters 48, 49, and so forth. Now, Rebecca was eavesdropping. She hears the conversation. So she summons her son Jacob and catches him up on everything about what the plan is. Now she's going to give him a separate plan. Obey my voice as I command you. So Rebecca draws on the fourth commandment, honor your father and your mother. It's not been commanded yet, but that's the idea here, that he should honor his mother. But as you reflect on this with your children, and you, you read her plan, and you read Jacob's response, ask your children, what would the honorable thing be to do? What would be the best way for Jacob to honor his mother in this text? And the start here is, Rebecca's not honoring her husband. Rebecca is seeking to deceive and lie to her husband, and so now she's convincing her son Jacob also to deceive and lie to his father. The honorable thing to do when somebody asks you to do something sinful is not to do it. And in a situation of, of ranked authority, we listen to the highest ranking authority. For example, if you're at work and your boss commands you to do something that you know is against your company's policy, that your boss's bosses before him have said this is not good for this business, this company. You don't do what your boss gives you to do. Now you'll face consequences for that, sure, but it is the right action, most likely. In this case, the husband is the head of the home. 
the husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. And so Jacob should have honored Rebekah, his mother, first and foremost by honoring his father and sought to get her to repent, to put this plan of hers behind her and instead teach his mother how to love and respect his father. That would have been the right action. He doesn't do it. So she's planning this deception and she convinces him to go and get some young goats. She knows how to prepare a meal her husband will love and she's going to have him do this. Now, again, instead of rebuking her, what is Jacob's reaction here? Instead of saying, mother, you're asking me to lie. His response is, what if I get caught? Such is not the word of a hero. It is the word of a sinner. Jacob needs a savior to come from his family just as much as we did. And again, thanks be to God that Jesus comes. Thanks be to God that he forgives sinners. Thanks be to God that he forgives Jacob. Thanks be to God that he forgives you and me. And so his concern is that his brother is hairy while he is not. And if dad touches him, he'll know it. He'll know the lie and he'll curse him. Rebecca falsely here claims that she can somehow absorb that curse. It's not really how cursing a family works. If Isaac curses Jacob, Jacob is cursed. Rebecca does not have such authority to somehow take that from him. So he listens to his mother. He goes, he gets the animals, mom prepares them, she makes the meal, she grabs some of Esau's clothing to further the deception. She takes the, that's her, do we want to count that as her first? Well, let's do that. Let's say Rebecca's first lie here is the, the garments. She puts them on Jacob so that he'll smell like his brother too. She then puts the goat skins, fur included, on his hands. That would be a reference to his forearms as well as, as what we think of as the hand. It's the elbow all the way to the finger. So she covers his forearms, his hands, and his neck with goat skin makes us wonder just how hairy his brother Esau actually is. That dad can touch that, that goat fur and think it's the sun. Think it's Esau's arm. He was a very hairy man. She puts together a delicious meal. So we've got the deception of the garment, the deception of the, the goat skin, the deception of the food that was supposed to have been prepared by Esau. So this is three for Rebecca already. I will point out a parallel. When Jacob swindles Esau out of his birthright, he also served up a meal that had red stuff and bread. So bread gets used in both of these meals. Now Jacob goes in and he speaks to his father. And dad asks who he is because Jacob is not the son he's expecting. But immediately the voice is the voice of Jacob. So dad's confusion is just going to build as the chapter progresses until the big reveal when Esau comes in later. So his Jacob's first lie here is, I am Esau, your firstborn. Second lie, I've done as you told me. Sit up and eat of my game that your soul may bless me. How is it that you found it so quickly, my son? So this is dad again, confused. This was too fast. Hunting is a skill that takes time and patience, and that didn't happen. Here's lie number three for Jacob, because Yahweh your God granted me success. Jacob brings God into all of this. 
brings God into his deception. Now, Isaac invites Jacob near, wants to feel him because he's trying to sort out Jacob's voice. But he's done what I asked him to do. He's, he's, he's confused. So he wants to touch him to see if he's Esau. And it works. The deception of the goat skin works. That's another lie for Jacob. So he's up to four. And he blessed him. That's a summary statement of the verses that are following. Are you really my son Esau? Lie number five, he says, I am. Bring it near to me that I may eat of my son's game and bless you. And so he comes near, his father eats, his father drinks. Come near and kiss me, my son. So at that point, he's able to also smell him. This is lie number six for Jacob because he passes off his scent as being that of his brothers. And then we get the blessing. See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field that Yahweh has blessed. Uh, That would be a field that has been fruitful, whether it's grains or fruit, whatever it might be. It smells of harvest. May God give you the dew of heaven. Now, we might initially take that in the idea of water that falls on the earth, rain that waters the ground so that the plants can grow. But also notice the foreshadowing of this. And maybe ask your kids, how will God use dew to feed his people in the future? Get you thinking of Exodus 16, the 40 years of wilderness wandering, that God provides manna under the dew that falls from heaven. Fatness of the earth, plenty of grain and wine. So fatness, likely a reference to animal fat, um, to be able to eat meat and grain, wine, just rich abundance in food. Peoples will serve you, nations bow down to you. We should not take this blessing to only be Jacob. But this blessing will be also then passed down to his own sons after him. Now, peoples will serve him. He's going to be wealthy. He's going to have many servants, nations bowing down to him. Even Egypt will show him respect in the future. But this, again, points us more to Joseph's dreams. Chapter 37, as the nations will bow down to Joseph, his brothers will bow down to him as well. May your mother's sons bow down to you. In Jacob's immediate context, Esau will as a servant to a Lord, but again, bigger picture too, as the, the lineage, the promise is passed down from one generation to the next. Cursed be everyone who curses you, blessed be everyone who blesses you, is what God said of Abraham in chapter 12, verse 3. Jacob leaves quickly, and at that point Esau returns, prepares the meal for his father, brings it in before dad, And this is where the confusion is cleared up, and Isaac gets extremely angry, and rightfully so. But he notes that his son, Jacob, shall be blessed. This is one of the things, we never have the family blessing of the Old Testament passed from patriarch to patriarch, fully detailed, like how it works. We never even see God command it done. It's just something that's there to them as normal. Like, if you wrote a book about your life, you wouldn't describe your daily routine in full detail. And even if you tried to, you'd forget a bunch of stuff because it's just normal to you. And that's what it is in some ways here as we read something like this. Isaac passes on the blessing, and it sticks. He can't take it back once it's gone from him. That's about all I can share on that. So Esau pleads for something, anything. Esau will identify rightly uh, that Jacob, his name means grabber of the heel or deceiver, 
that Jacob has lived up to his name, cheating him out of his birthright and his blessing. So again, those are two separate things. The birthright is the inheritance of, of stuff, material possession. But the blessing is, as we've seen here, a passing on of really Yahweh's favor might be a good way to express it. And in the case, also, we would eventually want to talk about the coming promise of the Savior, Jesus Christ, that that would be passed on. So Joseph, for example, will end up getting the birthright, but the blessing goes to Judah. But because Esau keeps pleading, Isaac tries to scrape something together for Esau, and probably better left unsaid, away from the fatness of the earth. So he's not going to have the ease of livestock. Away from the dew of heaven, he's not going to have such a blessing upon his his crop of, of common water. You live by the sword, shall serve your brother. So he's going to have to use his skill of hunting, uh, certainly to feed his, his family in the years to come. He's going to be a servant, just as Genesis 25, God told Rebekah, the older will serve the younger. But, Isaac says, when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. Not really a blessing. But this does point forward to Numbers chapter 20, verse 14, when Edom refuses Israel passage. Edom is the descendants of Esau, and Israel the descendants of Jacob. Israel passing through, and they're wandering from Egypt on the way to the promised land, and the people of Edom will not let them pass. So they break their yoke from their neck. Esau hates Jacob. The word literally there is bears a grudge against Jacob because he stole the blessing. And he decides, he plots after dad dies, to kill his brother. Doesn't do much good to kill his brother while dad yet lives. As the murderer, he's not going to gain anything from it, and it will only inconvenience and hurt his father. So he's going to wait. Rebecca hears of this. She summons Jacob, tells him about this, and once again says, Obey my voice. Dangerous things happen when Rebecca says those words. Flee to Laban, my brother, in Haran. Stay with him for a while. The key thing to notice here is there's no repentance. Rebecca does not repent. Jacob does not repent. And if there is no repentance, there is no reconciliation. Not until 20 years later. She also claims that once her, brother, once her son has forgotten what happened, not likely to happen really, that she would send for him and bring Jacob home. Now it's a 5 to 13 day journey to travel from Beersheba-ish, if that's where they're at, up to Haran, to her family's house. So a couple of weeks trip, a week or two, he could be gone for a couple of months. That's what it's making it sound like. However, she never sends for him. We're never even told of her death, but the logical conclusion from reading Genesis, if you read it through, is that Rebecca, at some point during Jacob's time in Haran, Rebecca dies. And so her brother, his brother, sorry, Esau's anger doesn't subside while Rebecca yet lives, and so she's not able to bring Jacob home. Should I be bereft of you both in one day? If Jacob stays, Esau kills him, so Jacob's dead, and the family would probably put Esau to death for committing murder, so she would lose them both. Rebecca's going to add to her lies now in verse 46. 
It's true, she loathes her life because of the Hittite women. We learn that at the end of the last chapter, that they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. But she adds to it that if Jacob marries one of these, what good will my wife, my life be to me? So might as well die. I mean, what point is there in going on and living? What's a lie about this is she is deceiving Isaac into thinking that sending Jacob away is his idea. If Jacob leaves on his own accord, runs away from the family, it might be seen as a violation of the family's trust and that he might lose that birthright that he has taken from his brother. And so Rebekah is tricking Isaac into thinking that sending him to Haran was his own idea. And that's what we're going to see in tomorrow's text. So I'm counting six lies for Jacob and four for Rebekah. If you get a different number, feel free to shoot me a message and let me know. Again, not good. The family tree that brings us the Savior is just as messed up as we are. Uh, It's just as in need of a Savior as we are. But thanks be to God that Jesus Christ has come to save the Old Testament and New Testament people alike those who trusted in his promises. And Jacob and Rebekah are among them. Just as we are weak and sin and given to temptation, so did they. But thanks be to God for his incredible gift. Let us praise the Lord incarnate, Christ who suffered in our place. Jesus died and rose victorious, that we may